0: The following is a CSPN media podcast presentation. You are listening to know the score presented by the CSPN. Visit our website at know the score.cspn.us. Follow us on Twitter at KTS pod and keep the conversation going using the hashtag KTS pod. You can listen to us on a variety of platforms, uh, via iTunes, Stitcher Smart Radio, the TuneIn, SoundCloud apps, or directly via our website at CSPN.us. All right, this episode is for the culture, and we got plenty of reasons why we're going to talk about that. Um, uh, I am your host, Tyler Ball. I'm here with that. So Jesse. You can reach our Twitters. Uh, Jesse's is That's So Jesse. And my Twitter is ta ball number one. What's going on, Jess?
1: I'm doing good. Life in the city. How are you?
0: I'm good. Uh, You know, my to to uh, to uh, let's say I I guess quote our fellow co-host Tobias Wilborn. Life be life.
1: Doesn't it always?
0: (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. All right. Going in immediately into uh, this week's events and a little some some of uh, last week. let's just talk about the playoffs uh, okay. round one is over. Uh, as you guys know, at this recording uh, we we've began round two is pretty much underway. Uh, we all we all know that um, this past weekend, the Utah jazz up, upset the uh, Los Angeles Clippers in game seven behind the efforts of Joe Johnson. And, you know, now the questions begin. Uh First of all, do you break up the LA Clippers?
1: I don't know. Um, I'm sure one of them, maybe two, in um, Blake Griffin and or DeAndre Jordan will probably, maybe, probably will be traded out. Um, but as for breaking up, I don't know. These may I mean, you might have to like trade a piece, but I'm not sure about a whole dismantling of the entire team. Uh, yeah, but I mean, we won't, we won't save every every game is like. Or are they going to break up? I, I think also what it has to be looked at is the coaching aspect and the G the coach as a GM model never really sat well with me. Cause like how, okay, you can coach the players and evaluate talent. How many, it's not really a successful model, especially in like the NBA. So maybe they need also look at, they need to also look at, you know, doctors as a GM and the head coach as well. But as for breaking up, I know those pieces won't be there. That's for sure.
0: I'm, I'm at the point where, uh, you can have Chris Paul. You're not going to upgrade over Chris Paul. Actually, breaking up this team to put them back in the bottom of the West, to me, is just, uh, I think it's counterproductive. I think you don't, you, you want to, re. you can do a retool, which means, uh, you know, you let J.J. Reddick go get his money. Right. But I think you keep the core of Jordan, Paul, and Griffin together only because you really haven't had a legitimate shot the past three years with these three guys on the court together. Now, mind you, they haven't played well together in the, in the mm-hmm. playoffs. I don't, well, and someone's always injured in yeah. Griffin being injured and, you know, DeAndre being – you're essentially playing four on five on offense with Jordan if he's not catching lives. We know all that. But the real problem is – They have not been able to fit Doc has not been able to get a legitimate small forward in there. I mean, you can I mean the small forward has been a revolving door in LA. I mean, you got you've had Paul Pierce, which we'll get to in a minute, Matt Barnes twice, uh even Karan Butler who talked about the situation this week.
1: Wait, Uh, is he still is he still the league
0: Uh no uh no uh good Butler's out. Butler uh, Butler actually retired because he's got a medical issue that they're try- that he's trying to figure out. Um uh-huh. but uh let's see you've tried Butler. You've even tried Jamal you've even tried to go small and put uh Jamal Crawford at the three and defensively that's just not gonna work as we saw because Joe Johnson just backed them down uh anytime he wanted. And that's actually was the problem in the old series. Nobody could match up with with Joe Johnson. As the old the old man with the y- we- with the YMCA game <laughs> At six eight, he's about six eight. About still about two twenty two thirty, and he can go in the post, but he can still shoot over just about anybody who tries to guard him. And right. uh, you know he hit a game, he hit a game winner, uh, actually a buzzer beater in game one, which which woke everybody up. And then he was a big impact in games three and seven. I mean games three five and seven, where he just hit shot after shot and floater after floater because he could get to anywhere he wanted to. Um, you know, a lot of people want to uh, get get on Chris Paul be- and saying that Paul's not a leader, so on and so forth. Uh, most of your Clipper team teammates, current and former teammates, say that's not the case with Paul. Uh, Paul just isn't the guy that you are going to have to depend on to, you know, get forty in a game because he's still got to get everybody involved. So, mm-hmm. you know, he may be capable. But he's just not not that type of guy. That team is not set up for him to do that. It's hard for it's hard for somebody to have to go get forty, then get everybody around around him uh, shots. Now James Harden's in a separate situation because he's surrounded by shooters and he picks his spots. Uh, that's different. Uh, Russell Westbrook has the same problem. He doesn't he doesn't have the shooters. He can probably pick his spots, but the too much there's too much pressure on him to have to do everything. Um, the Clippers are just in a conundrum. I mean, you, you blow it up now, you're going to go back to being the Clippers, and LAO didn't have two bad teams.
1: Right. Like, I, I mean, the Clippers breaking up now, what would they break up to be? Like that team we've known for the past, what, 30 years or so? Pretty much. Yeah. I mean.
0: To me, I think you don't break up a winner. Uh, you don't break up a winner because. Sometimes, some there's some somehow some way. If you keep playing the law averages, you're going to get an opportunity to actually win. You never know. Somebody may come up with an injury. I mean, of course, your nemesis, your nemesis, are the Warriors. And mm-hmm. the way you're set up, you're not going to beat the Warriors. You just have to luck up and luck up on an injury, or luck up on a a trade, or something that happens to Golden State, and that could very well happen because some, somebody on the somebody on that squad's got to go get paid.
1: Right, and then also with this whole emergence of the warrior, Warriors, you can't. I mean, we look at the teams that are in the West. You have the Warriors, because of course, San Antonio. You have. I'm trying to think of the third team.
0: Houston.
1: Yeah, Houston. Like you, you had to have some pretty decent teams in the mix. It's not going to turn out to be everybody. Ha- everyone who is in playoff contention is, you know, qual is going to be winning the title. Yet, for what, for what, on one hand, for where they've been, it's you know they've. Rose to some sort of prominence over the last, you know, three, four, or five years, rather than just like middling in mediocrity. But at the same time, you you have to do what you have to do in order to challenge for that top prize. So, like you said, sure, there's some changes that have to be made. But what? I don't think wholesale changes need to be made. But maybe, like I said, the evaluation of talent you might
0: have to get someone else in there as well. Yeah, I, I think that that's that actually might be the move. I mean, it's going somehow. It's going to eventually point to Doc. And Doc is constantly on Ballmer's ear, so <laughs> I don't know if Ballmer is ready to make that kind of shocking move and remove GM duties from, from Doc. Uh, and I want to tell these coaches, like, it's okay not to be coaching GM. Like, it's totally okay. You
1: focus on being that CEO of your team while someone goes out there. It's like, I've seen this guy play over this amount of time. It's okay to leave someone else with,
0: this, someone this, with that this, power. But. This isn't, you know, no, not everybody's a Belichick. Let's put it that way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> not everybody, not everybody has that has that brilliant mind. Um, so we move on uh, as far as uh, as the Western Conference. Uh, before we get to the Western Conference, uh, of course, that was the last game for uh, Hall of Famer, <laughs> the future Hall of Famer, Paul Pierce, who is definitely a first ballot once he gets in. he uh, he's going to always be remembered for being the Boston savior after the Patino years were terrible. And uh, he pretty much put Boston back on the map with the help of Danny Ainge and, of course, and uh, Kevin McHale, <laughs> uh, yeah. bringing that big three together and bringing Boston a title and another NBA Finals uh, appearance. Uh, of course, eventually Danny, Danny, in a wheeling and dealing, sent the big three over to uh, Brooklyn, and of course, that even though that didn't work out, it still managed to keep Paul in the league. And Paul Paul had an affection with Doc Rivers, so they so Doc tried to bring him over to uh, to L.A. And even though that is eventually didn't work out, and Paul ended up uh, his legs just gave out on him. He still hit some clutch shots, but you know mm-hmm. he just the game just sped by him pretty much, in uh, particular in the Western Conference. Uh, but you can't erase his greatness. You know, inner city kid, grew up at in Inglewood. Uh, you know, he's had some some legendary, uh, legendary games. Three-point specialist, which I think is actually an underrated part of his game because he was so explosive early on in his career. He learned how to be a great three-point shooter. Uh, and to me, uh, he's one of the better small forwards that we've seen in this generation. Definitely a first ballot Hall of Famer. I think the bar... In, in the Naismith Hall of Fame, I think the bar was lowered when uh, when uh, uh, Tracy McGrady got in on the first ballot. So I think that when you compare Pierce to McGrady, and especially when you add the championships and a college career that was was a major success, you you gotta get him in on the first ballot. Yep, uh, I agree. Any 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 reflections on Pierce?
1: Um, I remember when he was a wizard. I remember when he hit two clutch shots in a playoff series against Boston, I believe that was now two seconds right. ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, everyone around here was chatting the truth, and that's what, he's, what you said about his ability to hit clutch shots um, definitely, you know, go down in people's memories, and as he when he gets into the Hall of Fame, I'm sure he'll be playing that over and over and over again, so.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think that Shaquille O'Neal would be the perfect guy to induct him, just because he gave him the nickname, The Truth. And it's it's stuck to him. Uh, you know, just Shaq being Shaq. <laughs> and, you know, he was just frustrated because his guys could not guard him. Uh, but, yeah, he, that was after one of a, a regular season clutch shot, and uh, he just said, yeah, the, the guy is The Truth, period. So, that's, that's really going to be his legacy. Uh, and it'll definitely be a celebration, um, I think, five years from now, when he's when he goes in. Uh, moving on to uh the just the rest of the Western Conference. Uh as we know, the Spurs and the Rockets, uh Jazz are gonna play the Warriors as we record this tonight on Tuesday evening. Uh the Rockets have already impressed. They destroyed the Spurs in game one, uh made twenty two out of fifty threes. And I think that's just gonna be the way that series goes, to be honest. Um I don't know what, what adjustments Um, Pop is going to make He's going to have to get something from His his bench Probably even more so because Oh well Lamar Marcus has got to show up too Mm -hmm. Uh, Anything you see with uh, Houston and and, uh, San Antonio?
1: So I watched Part of this game last night just because You know those games come on late Um, But you know I personally think that This will I'm going to guess this will go to seven but I think San Antonio will find a way to, you know... I think Pop will find a way to... To... Sorry. I think Pop will find a way to you know, adjust and play to the Rockets, you know, playing play adjust to what the Rockets have been giving. But I mean, I'm just saying that because I hate watching... I, not like I hate watching the Rockets play, but I don't like watching James Harden play. Like, it's flopping everywhere. I'm sorry, How I'm done. I can't. Like,
0: Harden so I'm is a, a polarizing place. guy. Mm-hmm. Polarizing because...
1: He's so great offensively,
0: know,
1: but it's just hasn't.
0: like... Yeah. He it's, it's, like, it's, yeah. He could he contorts his body. He does all the stuff to get foul calls, but if he just left that to just playing skilled basketball, he's a very skilled player. Always, acted, mm-hmm. even back in Arizona, in college, he was definitely the best player on the floor most of the time he touched, when he touched the court. But now he has totally... He's learned how to Use his body like the great shooting guards have, the Reggie Millers and the Kobe Bryants and the Jordans, where they know how to to kick their body out and how to know how to initiate contact. So he's he's kind of hard to watch, and he gets tons and tons of free throws, which makes up for his sometimes he's inefficient, but
1: that and like why of defense. you go to the line?
0: Mm-hmm. And he's he's damn near ninety percent shooter, so. That's what you're going to see, a lot of cheap fouls and free throws, which which kind of sucks because their offense itself flows freely, and that, that is fun to watch.
1: Right.
0: I just can't do it. I don't want to watch that anymore. <laughs> Speaking of, of not wanting to watch, you got the Warriors and the Jazz uh, coming on tonight. Um, I, I'm not sure if I can watch this this because the Jazz <laughs> are going to try to slow the game to a crawl. Especially with um with the guards with Hood and Gordon Hayward and uh Dodson. I mean they, you don't know if they're going to go small to try to to try to push they they cannot, absolutely cannot push the tempo against the Warriors because the Warriors will destroy them. Um so you're gonna to have to see game for in order for the Jazz to even have a chance, they have to hope that uh Durant or Calais or Stafford, two of the three have off nights and they just have to grind it out with Gobert and Joe Johnson in the post against one of the smaller guards. And uh they have to get some scoring from Rodney Hood and probably another um another threat. Uh I don't know if it's gonna be um the uh the awkward lefty that shoots threes um in it. Uh I forgot his name, but um he's gonna have to hit shots. Mm-hmm. and Hayward is going to have to be great right. for them to even keep it close. Or I, I'm so ready to say this is going to be a sweep, and they're just going to essentially wait for the winner of, of Houston and San Antonio, and they'll probably get at least two games. They may finish two games before the Rockets and Spurs do. So uh, that's just my take on any, anything, Jazz and Warriors.
1: I think a German sweep. Could be a, not, yeah, I think a gentleman's week could be a thing, but I, th- I there, I, I can see a game where they're going to slip up. I don't know where, but in this series, I think there's a game that I think you'll see can slip up, and I think it can do this at four-one. I mean, it'll be a quick four-one, but four-one nonetheless.
0: Yeah, let's say game three in Utah.
1: I just say game we're one. Be,
0: oh, okay, well, yeah. Oh, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna be different. Well, I'm oh, actually, no. Yeah, take one, or t- one or two, and and, and, and uh, in uh Oakland Arena? Hmm. okay. Yeah, just
1: just because like, you know, you know how there's times that they can start off so flat footed and they just don't get that second that don't hit that third gear? It
0: could be tonight. Yeah.
1: Could be. Why not?
0: Okay. Uh, quick move to the Eastern Conference. Uh, we're already into uh into round two. Uh just uh any takes just on uh just on round one, any takeaways from Hmm. From from round one or the um, East.
1: I mean, as we all know, the East is Cleveland and pretty much everybody else. Um, with the Celtics, I didn't think they would. I I, I you know all the, with all that swirling around with Isaiah Thomas and then being slow to get into playoff basketball. Um, and so and now in this and now so now in this series between the Wizards and the Celtics. Um, now that we see them in that second gear, I think that. The series might pass us quicker than we think. Um, so maybe, maybe you could say, "Oh, they're playing with a purpose," or you know, "Oh, they're you know finally putting the pieces together." The thing is, it's like with the Wizards, for example, in the last series with Atlanta, it was kind of start, stop, start, stop, start, stop, and I think that might hurt whatever you know, well, not chances, but it can hurt them. It can cha- it hurts their chances against the Celtics. I'll say it like that.
0: Um, my thing with Boston, and after watching, um, okay, first of all, uh, Boston was impressive, winning four straight um, after the Bulls went up 0-2. Obviously, you, lo- you lose lose Rajon Al- Rondo, and, which uh, chased o two 0-2 against the series. worst team in these playoffs, yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and, 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 and essentially, uh, Rondo pretty much put Isaiah Thomas on his heels on the defensive end, which is what you have to do uh, to beat Boston. Uh, mm-hmm. unfortunately for the bulls after losing rondo they had no answers for thomas uh thomas got the thomas did pretty much whatever he wanted to against isaiah cannon and michael carter williams uh, i i thought they were going to at least try uh jimmy butler or wade on him but even then once they did that that just opened it up for the Celtic forwards to to attack the rim and Jarenko and, and Crowder and of course uh Avery Bradley who's, who I think is one of the most underrated players in the NBA. Uh he he actually defended pretty well against Wade and Butler the last two games, which led to uh convincing wins. Uh game game six was a blowout. Game six had twelve minutes of garbage time. They were up mm-hmm. thirty three in the uh going into the fourth quarter. It's horrible. Proving
1: why uh, they just need to get up out, them out of, get them up out of there in the first
0: place. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, just looking at Toronto, uh my take from my main takeaway from Game One, other than my Wizards uh, thing that's that's coming up next. Uh, I really like Jason Kidd and the Milwaukee Bucks. I've been I've been calling them Team Pterodactyl uh, this uh, playoff run. I like the philosophy where you go with length all over the court, but now you got to put it together offensively and you got to be able to make shots. So that's the only reason why they couldn't beat Toronto. Uh, they could defend, they frustrated the Raptors, but eventually DeMar DeRozan took over uh, after being uh, shut out for the field in, uh, in game four, he came back and dominated game five and they just had no answers. Um, uh, Giannis now sees where he's gonna to have to work on his perimeter game in order to be a complete player. Uh you you got Chris Middleton Middleton who's gonna get better. Thon Maker, who's still tr- still figuring things out, was a is probably going to be one of the better defensive players in the league once he uh once his once his um talent catches up with his ability, he he will he will be a shutdown player. Probably your one of your one of your better shutdown defenser defenders, probably since Michael Cooper, um, as far as long arm, long limb can cover any position. He he's got he actually has that talent. Uh, there, was, there was a sequence where uh, he was literally step for step uh, from half court all the way to the baseline with Kyle Lowry, and Lowry couldn't get a shot off just because he was, he just because of Maker's wingspan kid's got himself a team um Mm -hmm. if they can find another wing who can get them uh get them some some baskets or they can find a go-to guy that can get them get can get them a basket when need be they're going to flip flip flop with toronto and be the four seed, and maybe have a chance to uh to see a team like a boston or a Cleveland in the second round but that's definitely on the upswing and um their brass isn't scared to spend money. And besides, no Jabari Parker, which mm-hmm. some say that might be addition by subtraction because Parker kind of kind of limited the floor space. But he's got length too. And they had John Henson on the bench. So they're sitting on a philosophy that can work in this league, but they're gonna have to eventually score points. Uh but that but that's a team I like to see in the future and how they develop. Uh, just uh just moving forward to the act to round two um, in the East. Um, what do you think about the Cavs and the Raptors?
1: <sighs> what mm, captain? Mm, no, yeah. Let's just get the Raptors up out of here. Uh, I mean, what did it say about that series? I mean, yesterday I saw them. They were up on what thirty until they closed the gap till was about like
0: yeah, ten. They, they, they scored sixty-two points in the first half. Like, sixty-two in my half in the my face. <laughs> It really, really. Let's. Uh, I, I really hope that Cleveland takes takes them seriously enough to pull a broom out.
1: Yeah, just like play a little, like play maybe five more minutes of defense and then get get them out of here expeditiously. And four, I really. Yeah. I think we all appreciate
0: that. Yeah, we really would, because because seriously, uh, Toronto doesn't have enough weapons on the court, and they don't defend well well enough either. So, uh, they they it's gonna be. And and you know what, the Raptors are kind of in a situation where uh, the Clippers are because you gotta, you're kind of stuck because there's not really much you can do as far as getting another elite guard from, or another elite small forward from, let's say the Western conference. That's going to make you a threat to Cleveland. That, and I don't mean, think I in to... no man's land. <laughs> right. Me?
1: And that, and no one really wants to go to Canada.
0: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. So just, uh, I think yeah, you're going to be a second star wherever you go. Because look at Toronto, you're not going to be the man in Toronto because Austin Matthews of the Maple Leafs is the is the man. Just he just took the team that was literally in the bottom of the league to the playoffs in his first year. So he's 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 highly revered um, in Toronto. I mean, you're not going to be a star, and it's trade city. So what are you going to do? So <laughs> so so. so the thing is I don't think that there's um there are enough opportunities off the court for a raptor to actually be a star in that city unless they somehow pull it together and uh, actually win a championship. But that ain't gonna happen. The bar's still here. Exactly. Yep. Um and of course okay, now we get to the fun part. Uh we're gonna talk uh we'll talk wizards. Before we get to Wizards Celtics, uh, we just want to give a shout out to our homie uh, and co-host, Tobias Wilborn, who is actually reported for the Sporting News um, after the Game Six. Well, before the Game Six win over the Hawks, Tobias uh, prompted a question to John Wall and Bradley Beal, and you can actually see this on the Sporting, the Sport our, on our account at KTS Pod and the NBA account the uh, postgame interview, Nebias asked John Wall, um, what did Wall say to uh rap artists uh, Gucci Man and uh Quavo from the Migos. And uh Wall told him that he was gonna go for uh he was gonna go for forty and Bill would get thirty, so they would score seventy and win for the culture. Yep. And of course they actually ended up combining for seventy three and they closed out the Hawks in Atlanta. And that's
1: why we're calling the show for the culture because we're going to take this and stamp it before they put for the culture on
0: every like $2 t shirt at Urban Outfitters. Correct. You heard it here first. This is for the culture. (laughs) And just to remind you that you are listening to. Hold on. Five, four, three, two, one. Just to remind you that you're listening to Know the Score on the CSPN. I'm your host, Tyler Ball. And I'm here with Jessie. You can find her at thatsojessie so on Twitter. And you can find me on Twitter at T-A-Ball number one just want to remind you that you can keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit cspn.us, then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. You can purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, And for every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends to CSPN a payment that helps keep the notice score podcast free and our other great shows free for you. Amazon through US. Do it today. If you shop at Amazon often, bookmark the link or add it as your homepage so you can help the CSPN every time you order. And, of course, we thank you for your support. We're now back, and we're going to talk about the NFL draft. Very interesting. Mm -hmm first 3 days uh of course you know it's it the draft now instead of having all all rounds on one day they break it up the first round and the second and first rounds one day on Thursday second and third round on Friday and then the fourth round and so forth on Saturday uh we're just going to break down the winners and losers um if you've got a a winner and a loser just wh- what what what's your takeaway from the draft?
1: Hmm. Um, first, I'm going to go with the city of Philadelphia, just for you know, the Philadelphia fans just making things interesting because, you know, they'll boo anybody, but they really booed the hell out of, you know, those NFC, NFC East teams once they made a pick. So, that was fun for me because, you know, um, watching the draft over three days. I mean, I had watched. yeah, the draft over three days and the Philadelphia crowd getting so hyped with it and just made it entertaining for those at home. As for actual winners, um, I was kind of. It was kind of. Inter- it was interesting to see John Lynch like being a legit. Well, not just a legit GM, but like making great GM moves, you know. So, in this they had the second pick. They traded out, and the Bears did stupid things with that second. No, well, but many would perceive as stupid things. But you know, just trading picks and getting more and getting some pretty decent players. Uh, so, they got Solomon Thomas with the third overall pick because for some reason the Bears just thought to you know go up one spot to get take. But I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call him Mitch. I'm gonna say that first to get Mister Trubisky. So, call, call him Mitch. Call him yeah, me. I'm in Carolina. Call <laughs> him Mitch. <laughs> so he got Solomon Thomas with that third pick and Reuben Foster at 31. So they those are some pretty good picks. And you know they also got Kello Witherspoon. Not a bad day. It was not a bad. It was, it was a pretty good draft for the 49ers. I just want to see them get out of mediocrity in some shape or fashion because
0: their mediocrity that's makes a, me sad. Gotta find himself a quarterback, but had that too so But
1: yeah, that's a whole other story for a whole
0: other day. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, but that was that was extremely impressive. Um, my draft winner uh, would be. Um, it's kind of hard to pick because there were several that did the things just right. But I'm gonna go with some sentimental here. I'm taking the Browse for really for we dude, say this every year about the Browns every year didn't they find a way to position to get like five
1: more draft picks because they sucked so bad
0: here here's Go the ahead, thing Charlie. here's the thing about the Browns this year this year they actually did the right thing they actually at least well yeah overall yes they did boost themselves of course by trading back but they did take the actual best player in Miles Garrett they got a bonus to get Jabril Preppers who they may not know what to do with him but you don't turn down an af- athletic talent he was the best player on the board and they got him uh, David Njoku is so is good enough that they let Gary Barnage go so he's going to he's going to play right away Joku to me and I watched uh 8 of Miami's games this year Joku was probably the second best player on the team uh in Miami as and, and particularly on the offense, uh, he's going to catch a lot of balls, and he's going to get. A, he's going to actually. Uh, he's going to get open downfield, so I, I like that. And of course, they took they they got their quarterback, which they knew they were going to do, and taking Deshaun Kaiser. And even if Kaiser doesn't work out, uh, they are strong enough to do it again and get a quarterback next year. So I don't think that Trubisky was good enough to be worth overspending oh. and getting a number one pick. I don't even I don't even think Deshaun Watson was too uh me personally. I, I, mean, I just wasn't yeah. sold on him. Mm. But you get the best you get the best athlete in the draft with, with that number one pick and they did that. So that was great. Um, another um another winner before I go to the losers, I'm gonna say uh uh Dallas. Um I mean i no He'd there's no bias here as a, there's no bias here as a Dallas fan for me mm-hmm. um they took two michigan players of course they took Taco Charlton who uh of course eventually after the selection they word got out that Taco was one of the few players that had that visited them that did not have a first round grade so of course people were questioning that but Charlton was probably one of the better athletes that were rushing the edge that was available at the time. So that filled a need. Um Jadobia woozy, who is probably more famous because of Drew Pearson announcing his election uh, amidst all the booing Philadelphia fans. But he's actually a pretty darn good uh cover corner and that that's going to bolster the secondary, which took massive losses um this in free agency. Actually it took three of the four starters. Uh, that Dallas lost and they're going to get some compensatory picks too. So they're not done. And they also got, they also took Jordan Lewis who who has got some off the field issues, but they feel like he's going to get that cleared. And once he gets that handled, he'll be another, uh, another potential cover corner. Maybe, maybe even move. um, um, Alando Skandrick away from the slot and bring him up to, to the field corner position, Mm -hmm. um, which of course adds depth and they got a steal when Trubisky's number one guy, Ryan Switzer, fell to the Cowboys in the fourth round. Um, possibly enough, that's definitely an upgrade when Beasley eventually leaves for free agent money because he's going to get it when he, when he does become a free agent again. Uh, Switzer is a bigger, stronger, and actually he's got he's an experienced punt returner, uh, which is, this is what Dallas desperately needs. So um, he can actually fill two needs right away. Um, but I, I'm I'm a switcher guy. I actually got a chance to see him play against uh, against my Aggies, and he was just shifty and just dangerous any time he got the ball in his hands. And I'm sure he's going to cite a lot of people in Dallas when he gets an opportunity. Um, we already mentioned you kind of mentioned Chicago, but you you um, do you see anybody else that you had questions about their their draft selection?
1: Um, Not so much their draft selection, it's who was in the war room over in Buffalo. Because <laughs> the day after the draft, they were just like, so we're firing your GM. So, or your picks, who were these picks made
0: by? Like, if the GM wasn't in the warm room. Here's sorry? the thing. <laughs> uh, Whaley was just a figurehead. McDermott he was due for won. firing, yeah. They knew, well, basically, they, they just said... Uh, you know, you just chill here. We got to get paperwork ready for you to be fired, and they let McDermott essentially run the entire draft.
1: Well, like, I didn't so, think anyone would get messier than the situation in Washington, where they literally have no GM. And here the Buff- here comes Buffalo, just being like, "Hold my beer."
0: What? <laughs> and, and speaking of Washington, and
1: no one's talking about the situation. The Washington still doesn't have a GM, and they haven't locked up their quarterback. And they have a and and they they have no one have talking a about the draft. This. How did that happen? I mean, they How didn't. Did they get Jonathan Allen. They had a good draft, despite having a GM. But still, <laughs> I don't understand. I mean, I haven't understood that franchise since ever. But why is no one talking about the fact they have no GM and no and their quarterback and their you know their quote unquote maybe I don't know franchise quarterback isn't it, locked up? In do I don't understand it.
0: Um, you know, besides Chicago picking, uh, doing, moving up against oh, themselves. Oh, that is he video. <laughs> they moved up against themselves to get Trubisky. They took Adam Shaheen in the second round after paying Deion Sands ten million while still having Zach Miller. So you have two you have three pass catching tight ends. None can block. And then as much as as much as I am, of course, my guy Tariq Cohen from A and T, you take him in the fourth round, which is a remarkable story. Um uh, Tariq probably put out the Tariq graded out as the number five rated running back in the draft, uh, taking him in the fourth round. But you already got two young running backs already there in Jeremy Langford and Kareem Carey. So what are you going to do with Tariq? So I just and, and on top of that, the 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 Bears fans were crying for secondary and wide receiver help. I mean, they just let All-Star Jeffrey go to the go to the Eagles, and they got neither. So definitely, right, what is,
1: what's his name? My Glenn was
0: crying that night too, I mean, Oh, man. oh gosh, that was, was like, embarrassing yeah. too. That was... How, how you bring him to the draft. How you invite him to the draft party with all the sponsors, and then <laughs> <laughs> as a
1: move, it's like we only signed you for some cover. That's really about
0: it. Yeah, but you know what? And, and they're like, "Well, well, he, well, he can be all right because he gets a, another free nineteen million dollars just to hold the clipboard, essentially. So he, he'll start." He'll start for the first five or six games, and then, of course, they're going to suck, and they will eventually bring Trubisky in because that's what the McCaskies do.
1: Got to love people who fail up in America.
0: Got to love the nepotism. Got to love it. But, you know, I think a lot of people feel that until the McCaskey regime ends, the Bears are just going to be stuck in the mud, and that's just the way it is. And then, you know, it's, it's not really a bad time to be in Chicago, uh, even though the Blackhawks got swept <laughs> and and the bulls, then yeah. the bulls went out <laughs> the Bulls my, went whole out reason the is, my
1: whole reason is just it gets cold, it gets real cold over there,
0: yeah, yeah, oh, I think oh, the, winners no. will be, the winners were just ugh, so yeah, that was I was rough, but uh I guess it's just gonna be a long wait until hockey season again, pretty much, I mean, they do mm-hmm. have the cubs though, all right.
1: Mm, yeah, they have the Cubs. They, they'll be all right.
0: Yeah, they'll be all right. <laughs> I want that,
1: that. That. I want that. No sound when Mike Glennon found out they drafted a quarterback. It's like right here.
0: <laughs> That'd be funny. Yeah, because man, He really said that he got. He felt cheated on. I,
1: I don't feel sorry for those who failed up. Sorry, not sorry. Oh no! Like either. his whole career is literally people promising him you know, people promising him the prize and getting paid a lot of money for a promise. Not getting that promise, so going somewhere else to get promised the number one spot, like, the, you know, the franchise job and getting paid a lot of money to do that and going somewhere else. Nah, he'll be okay. I mean, did Mike Lennon sign for the Chicago Bears thinking that this was going to be his opportunity? I don't understand. I don't want to find, I don't need numbers. I need some numbers.
0: I, I just see numbers and I'm like, Dude, you're getting checks to hold the clipboard. Relax, Re- oh, relax. I mean, he's, oh, he's getting, from Chantilly. He's I gonna didn't know get that. 19, He's getting 19 million guaranteed, which is almost mm-hmm. as much as the Washington Football Team's quarterback.
1: <laughs> I didn't know. You. I'm, I'm looking at his Wikipedia. Like, I didn't know he was from Chantilly, for Jenna. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yep. Even, yeah, but it, either way, it's just like. He's living the American dream. I'm not gonna say like, oh, I'm giving the Bears for that kind of money. I felt bad, but I also had to laugh.
0: Yeah, it's it's just a, it's it's bad optics. It's bad media optics for the Bears to do to to do that. To though, um, it just because you still have to win. See the draft day. It's a good perspective here. The draft day is set up for your team. To give fans a sense of hope and pride. That's
1: anytime, why Bears. That's why Browns fans show up and show out. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. That's anytime, why I bear Browns
1: fans show up and show out every year.
0: They do. They do. Everybody does, really. But. And when you when you do something like this that makes you look bad on draft day, and you get clowned by the media, your fans aren't going to trust you. But of course, these are the Bears, and their fans haven't probably trusted them in about ten years. So. I mean, when you you know, Jay Cutler, we can start there. We can start with not going out and getting a quarterback for Lovey Smith when they were good. We can go there. I mean, what more can you ask for? <laughs> that's that's ten years right there. So, <sighs> Bears. Yeah. Um, Bears. All right. The um, final segment. We got a few stories that we just want to want to throw back and talk about. Um, in addition to the NFL draft, we had some free agent running backs get signed. Um, uh, first, I want to start with uh, Beast Mode returning to the NFL um, after about two after about two months of letting news leak out that Marshawn wanted to Marshawn Lynch wanted to return to football, um, you know, and then different different reactions whether or not is he serious or. Is he going to Seattle or what's going on? Uh, Apparently, Lynch wanted to play for his hometown team. Uh, And immediately, the Raiders went to work. Uh, Started wheeling and dealing behind the scenes. And before you knew it, uh, right before the draft, the Raiders gave up a six-round pick and some cash for Marshawn Lynch to return to the NFL for the Oakland Raiders. Uh, Marshawn let out a tweet, um, letting people know he thanked the. He actually not only did he said let a tweet, he also let the people know he appreciated the fans, the Seattle fans, by taking a page in Seattle's main newspaper and just uh, you know thanking the owner, thanking the fans with two pictures, and now he's a Raider. Uh, of course, I had a little fun with uh, with translating his tweet, and you can go see that on my timeline at t T a b a l l number one. Um, it's gotten, it's getting close to 2,000 likes. Uh, it was a part. It was a two-part tweet. It's got well over 2,000 likes now. Um, just basically tra- letting the people know what town business is. Uh, town business is basically a description of Oakland life. It's a song by uh, legendary Oakland artist Keith the Sneak, um, and he basically just wanted to everybody to know that he was he's playing for the home team. Uh, you but now let's talk about the football aspect of it, Jesse. Um what do you think about Marshawn coming back to Oakland?
1: It's fascinating because one, this is the most Oakland thing this is the most Oakland thing that can ever happen. Just people people from Oakland put up their city and he does. So seeing that just I wanna see how hard they put up for Oakland before they move to Las Vegas. Um another thing I wanna know is that I think I mean I I think it'll be interesting to see if this starts a trend of players taking a year off from all the head injuries and, you know, the grind in the practice life for a little bit, and then coming back to the NFL, I think this might could signal like a, a revolution of like, Oh, I you know i wake up, I ball, go, I'll go to sleep, I fall some more. Then, you know, I want to take a break. I want to explore some things and then I'll come back. So we kind of, I mean, the only thing that kind of would raise my eyebrow in that theory is for running backs doesn't work as well as it would say for, maybe a wide receiver, but mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to see if this pattern takes
0: in the NFL. I think that um, that's an interesting take on it because I didn't look at it that way uh, because we normally think that when, when guys hang it up, it's changing a routine, but Lynch literally did a world tour. Um, some of it sponsored by Skittles, but a lot of it he did on his own. He literally uh he literally took pictures from the pyramids of Giza all the way to Yacht Week to London. I mean literally around the world, in addition to hosting several charities with his uh with some NFL friends and family. Um uh, and so through his uh Beast Mode charity, he's done a lot for the uh city of Oakland in his downtime, um, particularly in the neighborhoods of dealing with kids. So um uh, I think that it, it's a it's a interesting idea, particularly for running backs, um, because you know that they have short careers anyway. So maybe taking a year off from the punishment could help. And, but I personally think he signed a two-year deal because I don't think he's going to see Vegas. I don't think he will play for the Vegas Raiders. I think he will stay in Oakland as long as Mike Davis does not move the team uh, or play them in, let's say, San Antonio – or um, in the UNLV stadium, provided that they do some some uh, some additions over the over the next year, I think they play in Oakland for two years and then they go. But this is definitely a win win for both teams because now you get you get a back that you know runs your style for the Raiders. Um, they let the Le- Le- Murray go. Uh, he ended up in Minnesota, uh, so Marshawn's going to have to be the guy. So we'll see. Um, Another story uh, that came through this week: Uh, Dale Earnhardt, uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. announced his retirement after the season concludes. Um, Earnhardt had the most difficult uh, difficult task of following the legend that is his father, who's won seven. uh, He won seven Winston Cup NASCAR championships. Um, He's considered to be probably the number two. Driver of all time next to Richard Petty, who's the king of the sport. Um, Just talk about uh, just just talk about the impact of an Earnhardt retirement following a um, a uh, Jimmy Johnson and Jeff Gordon uh, Jeff Gordon's retirement. I mean, just two giants of the sport just leaving like that. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, Uh, the good thing for Dale Earnhardt is he was able to kind of. To racing on his own terms. Sure, he had an immeasurable shadow that, um, after, you know, from the his father's career and after his father's death. Um, I'm sure Don, who's, you know, one of our co hosts, can speak a lot more to this, but I guess, I don't know, maybe just from someone who, like, who keeps watching from the very, 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 from a very far distance. Um, yeah, he was definitely a personality, but, um, and I guess, you know, learning more about, you know, his works and kind of what he stands for. Um, especially the story of how, you know, he his family used to fly Confederate flags and then I guess there they had a houseworker who was like, you mm-hmm. know, this is what this means, this is really insulting and kinda of chained it on his head and telling people, Hey, this is not what you this is not what you think it stands for. Um it's feeling it's gonna be really fascinating to see what he does next. And I wish him the best.
0: Um I have a different perspective. Uh, Earnhardt drove for Hendrick Motorsports. I was a former Hendrick employee, um, and I had had an internship with uh, Terry Lombardi Chevrolet, which is a local car dealership. So, as part of being employed by Hendrick, uh, we did a lot of group activities. Um, Earnhardt did visit our dealership during my internship year. Uh, very engaging. Um, you can actually see why he's one of the most revered drivers in NASCAR because he embraces the fans in a fan-friendly sport. He really embraces the NASCAR fan, and when you lose a guy like that, this is the equivalent of a a bird leaving Indiana. Uh, Larry Bird also announced that he's stepping down from his uh, team, his uh, president and GM position of, of the case. Um, this is similar to a magic leaving an ambassador uh, you know the difference between him and Jeff Gordon was that he was lo- uh, Gordon won a lot but Gordon was seen as an outsider uh, Gordon was not the NASCAR guy he's a, Cal- he's a California pretty boy he's, he's Tom Brady essentially uh, while, while um, Dale Earnhardt is more of a Manning Who's a football guy? Football family. Earnhardt's a race guy, a race family. Who won? Who, who won his share? Won his? Won a good share of races. Um, won the Daytona 500. Uh, won the, won the big ones. Uh, and that's really what, at the end of the day, people care about. Um, you know, winning on his winning on the same track that his father passed away on was easily one of the biggest moments of his career. And he's he's he will he will go down in history as actually living up to the hype that he, that he had to deal with as being an Earnhardt. Uh, we're going to a little fun note here. Uh, we got little, another LeVar ball story. Um, another one, another one, of course. Uh, um, <laughs> the, the ball it was story. fun.
1: It was so fun. It was like, you know, making Stephen A Smith angry, but now I'm just like, sir, it's going to be okay. <sighs> I don't know. I, I, he, I feel like he's gonna have a coronary at any
0: minute. What, what, what are you doing? Well, of course, um, as you, you may have heard, that Nike, Under Armour, and Adidas, three major basketball shoe companies, announced that there will be no deal with Lon- with Lonzo Ball post meetings with with Lavar Ball, who is seeking to license the big doll- the big baller brand. Um, it's funny that. I, I mean, I'm one of the guys that actually has followed ball for about three years. Um, ever since I heard of, of Lonzo um, taking over a national circuit, I knew that the dad was wild. But this whole idea of licensing a brand is li- really innovative. It's something that not that no other athlete has really tried to do before signing with a major company that has distribution. It's a first. It has a chance to to win big, but you've got to deal with the fact that people are going to tell you no. And obviously, Lavar is built for that. Um, but you know, everybody's like, "Oh, he's he's costing his son money. He's he's gonna uh, you know the the outlat the outcry is already in full throw. Um, he's costing his kids money. Uh, you know, he's not going to get the so-called shoe deal. The naysayers have already already gone out. Even George Raveling, he had a many few with George Raveling who spoke out before negotiations. even began with Nike uh, saying that, that LeVar ball is the worst guy to happen to the industry in a hundred years and ball fires back. um, If I'm the worst, if I'm the worst guy in a hundred in a hundred years, that means I'm on a new wave. So, you know, he's, he's, he's betting a lot on, on the kids. Uh, The kids are going to have to succeed. They're going to have to play. They're going to have to be good. Um, I feel, I feel sorry for the middle, the middle kid, uh, LiAngelo, who is likely the least talented of the three. Um, you know, he's six one. He's, he's got a real stocky build. I don't think he's going to get, get any taller. He's a big, he's Mm -hmm. a big kid. So I don't know if his size and his ability is going to translate into, into, Let's just I'm gonna say fight out into the league. I don't know if he's gonna be able to get his shots off because he's at least not as fast. He relies on playing bully ball and being a six one, you're not you're not six <laughs> seven. You're 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 gonna you you're you know, well, he's probably about six two, six two, six three. Um, I don't know if you're gonna get those shots off. So it's a lot of pressure on the kids. I think LaMelo, the baby, can handle it. Because they, that kid is is a special kid. I, mm-hmm. I I think that he's got everything that Lonzo has, even more because he's cocky, and you gotta need that to to be marketable to to have somebody to be somebody that the kids want to emulate. And, and and Lamelo Ball has it. I said it from day one. Lamelo Ball. Not only does he have the potential to be the best athlete of the three balls, he has the potential to be a face of somebody's franchise. Because he just has that swag. He has, he has that quote-unquote hip hop swagger. You can tell with with his with his uh, with his dribbling handle, his his crazy fleeky hair, uh, even the, even the cute braces that he has. It's just just a lot of things that these sixteen, these 14, 15, 16 year olds are drawn to. But I'm re- I'm really not sure if it's going to work out. I hope it does. Any any take on that, Jess?
1: Ah, those kids better borrow someone say, and I don't think life in i mean, we all know life in the NBA isn't what LeVar is going to imagine it to be so
0: yeah, we'll, we'll see what Alonzo does next year mm-hmm. it all starts with him uh, they hope that he's going to be be a Laker I hope the lottery balls did take that <laughs> right it's going to be
1: That'd be interest oh God, if we went to LA, that'd be that'd be a monster on um, monsters on um, monsters. Oof, nope. Good luck. Good luck everyone. Good luck to everyone involved in that situation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um and you know, the, the sidebar on this, uh before we before we move on, the sidebar to this is that does the concept of what he did work? Yes. There are nine kids that are going including his three, there are six other kids that are definitely going to get D1 scholarships because of what he did for his boys, and that is going to be probably the most underlooked and underappreciated thing in this whole uh, story. Those other kids would not have gotten any of those looks, those division, those mid-level Division one looks and get to college if it were not for LeVar Ball. So, I appreciate that. I yeah. appreciate that he's there for the, the, the Eli Scotts of the world, who they adopted and took him in and now he's going to Loyola Marymount on a full scholarship. That's that's just great. I, I agree with that. Now I, I don't like the fact that they had the fallout with the Chino coach. Hills High School coach.
1: Right. Um,
0: but there's a deeper line of that too. Uh, Lonza uh, Lavar in his in his you know his day job he's a personal trainer. The Chino the Chino Hills coach, who's now the former coach as he was fired, he was one of Lavar's Le, uh, students that went through LeVar's training program, ended up playing for Chino Hills, ended up going to going to basketball, um, ended up going to college on a scholarship. So LeVar feels like uh, that's one of those I made you type situations, which doesn't look good for any other parties involved.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, LeVar said that he would not be the coach of Chino Hills this coming season, but he said he will definitely have a role in who is, which means basically you better He's do what say. Yeah. yeah. No question about it. I mean, Tino Hills isn't going to say anything because they just three years ago they were irrelevant in that area of basketball, and now they're on stage playing again. You know, national on national television, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. national championship, national runner runner up. Uh, they're getting games against um, against Matter Die, uh, who's got who's going to be another great story in itself. Uh, they have uh, Matter Die has um, a new Bowl son, Bowl uh, Bowl. And then you got they've had game games against uh next year they're gonna be playing against uh Shaq's kid, uh uh, uh Sharif O'Neal at Uzak Crossroads. And also Ron uh Ron a uh, World Peace's son, Ron Artest Jr. is in Beverly Hills. So all these kids are playing against each other. And Tino Hills has knocked them all off. So uh Lavar's method works. His coach his method and coaching style on his offense works. So what are they going to do? Yeah. So it's a, it's an interesting situation, to say the least, and something that we'll keep watch on. Just so a reminder that you're listening to Know the Score on the CSPN, and we are approaching the last segment of the show where we give our final thoughts. Um, Jess, is there anything that you wanted to wanted to say before you close out?
1: Sure. So um, this point, um, but many have heard, so the Orioles don't play at re- – at Fenway Park, um, and added, I'll make this... I'll try to make this quick, but... No, we sure yeah, so, really quickly, Adam Jones is subjected to all sorts of racial abuse, thrown, penis were thrown at him, everyone says, we don't stand for this, No, we do not condone this, you know, all the strong things everyone says when racism shows ugly head. Um, I mean, I'm also going to say, oh, look at Boston being Boston, but, you know, fact is, this is everywhere. Um, we can't really just as, you know, as a people well, not as a people, but Americans in general, I'm kind of just sick of the whole narrative of oh, this is, you know, this is, we shouldn't stand for this. Like, you know, we stand for this every day when all sorts of microaggressions and passive aggressive, you know, moments of racism and white supremacy really ugly had every day. That goes silent, but only if it's obvious to, you know, the majority it's when it's like, oh, we don't stand for this. So, some people are really sleep. They're gonna have. To, I mean, I think you know this is America. This is what we are. If we don't come to a head, to a head of it, you know, come to head with it. Uh, yeah.
0: Um. Meanwhile, as this is going on, you got a situation at the University of, University of Texas at Austin. Uh, you had a student stabbing. Uh, caricatures, the minstrel type of caricatures, were passed out. On the campus, saying, "Beware of beware and protect yourselves," clearly depicting a minstrel character of a of a black man holding a knife, some literally some uh, 1500 miles away from Boston. you got that going on. Boston Globe published an article about the KKK coming into an agreement with other white supremacy groups. That happened just days before this Adam Jones incident at Fenway Park, everything that you hear that goes on in Chicago is deeply rooted in racism and segregation. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about just just the violence that's, oh, that's sensationalized when you do statistical numbers, but just the separation of education as all of that has racial tension, has racial roots. I live in Greensboro, North Carolina, so I know. I mean, I walk by the Civil Rights Museum in Greensboro every day. The FW Woolworths restaurant, which has been turned into the International Civil Rights Museum, I walk by that museum every day. I get reminded every day. A, I'm, a, a, I am am a an alum of North Carolina a and The Greensboro Four is literally the first thing we learn on campus if we don't know it already. Being that eighty percent of our eighty percent of our students are North Carolina residents, it's in our history. You know about the Greensboro Four. Um, You know, Martin Luther King was supposed to speak in Greensboro on April 4th, 1968. He canceled that speech and spent an extra night in Memphis. Everyone knows what happened after that. I just named you three different instances. I have four different instances in four cities covering about 5,000 miles. Racism is everywhere. It's not just limited to Boston. But if we aren't willing as a people to come together, and not only that, if the majority does not acknowledge that it exists, and not only the, the blatant stuff, but the subtle stuff, too, then we're not going anywhere. I'm not going to say that that this, the entire city as a whole is racist, but I'm not going to go not all, not all, not all, too. You have to acknowledge that it exists before yep. you say well, you can't say the whole city is racist because of acts of a few. People need to be educated. Good. And people you know. need to also
1: like acknowledge experiences yeah. of the marginalized as well.
0: Yeah. Don't, don't don't say that because you didn't see it that it didn't happen. That's minimizing and marginalizing it in itself. Um, my my final final word, uh, very personal word. Um, also this week, we had a uh, very sad news to hit the industry. Um, the uh, ESPN via uh, Disney announced that it would lay off, that it has laid off 100, uh, 100 people. This is the second round of layoffs that um, that the network has gone through. This time it really hit home because several people that you have seen on television, if you watch ESPN, were let go years and years of service it didn't matter several several of the employees had well over ten years of experience uh, f- There were voices that you relied on as far as giving you the up to date news so yes, it was very, very sad to hear and it really hit home for me personally because on um on March seventh, I was laid off of my job where i was where I worked for ten years um so I definitely know how it feels. Um, You know, the whole aspect of, you know, going through and looking for a new job in this industry is is tough. Um, Doing what you can and not not hearing from anybody, not hearing from the the countless number of applications that you send out. The process is tiring. The process can be frustrating. And my heart goes out to those guys because those guys loved what, their guys are doing exactly what they love to do. And some of those some of those folks that were laid off, moved their families to Bristol, um, literally uh, literally changed their lives to be with ESPN. It's considered to be a ESPN is considered to be a dream place to work if you're a sports fan. So as a as a sports fan myself, my heart goes out to everyone who joined the ranks of the unemployed this week. Um,
1: right,
0: right. We're, we're thinking about you. Uh, we know that you're going to be out there somewhere. Um, we hope that you will land in a in a great place. And just let just as many of them closed out their uh, their careers at ESPN via either via the spoken word or via the tweet. A lot of them said that they aren't retiring. This is not the end. And once I heard that, I know that this isn't the end for me in my career. So I wanted to take that to heart as. I closed the show today.
1: And can y'all, like, I mean, not y'all, but can the internet stop being like, why didn't X get fired? You broke the voice.
0: Jealous. Thank you. Thank you. Because that was, that was really disheartening for me to hear, um, especially when certain folks got extensions before this happened, which means there were a new point. Your favorite network is going through changes. Yeah, so is the industry. And so is the, yeah. yeah, so is the industry. I mean, we're talking to you in a digital space. That's the wave of the future. Uh, It is what it is, and either we're going to uh, we're going to have to be in a situation where we just learn how to, uh, as in nature we say, cross pollinate, uh, be willing to learn a new skill if necessary, or just get better and perfect the skills we already have. Yep, indeed. One, two, three, and that will conclude our show here today at Know the Score. Just reminder that you've been listening to No Score on the CSPN for our producer, Classic Materia, our co-creator, Mel, also known as Beauty Jackson, our host, Tobias Wilborn, Don DeLaRente, That's So Jesse, and myself. You now know the score.
1: Bye.